Neil, we're here in Crow Park for the Talton Cup semi-finals. Two good games, two very different games. The first one, Meath and Antrim, and the first one, 216 to 214. In the end, Meath got that two-point win. Just about, because Antrim, they, they definitely fought back in the end. What did you make of the game? Yeah, great fight back from Antrim. You know, with, with 10 minutes left, uh, you were thinking probably Meath are going into the Talton Cup final here. Have they been tested? You know, they had a pretty comfortable win over Wexford last weekend. They were reasonably comfortable for the first 20 minutes of the first half today. Then uh, Paddy McBride got a goal for Antrim, brought it back to two points. Antrim had a chance just after that, straight from the kickout, in fact, uh, to bring it back to a point. It would have been an easy point if they popped it over. Went for the juggler, tried to manufacture a goal, chance got turned over. Um, but yeah, Mead were just able to tag on a few scores at the end um, as Antrim kind of went for broke. Antrim were going for a goal um, you know, in, in the last few minutes of the game. Uh, they ended up getting a point to bring it back to a two-point game, but yeah, it was a funny sort of a game. Antrim, uh, Antrim took off. They were they were very impressive in the, in the first half or the, the first quarter, I suppose. You know, they really used their pace. Uh, Mark Jordan, uh, wing back, uh, very impressive. Uh, even unfortunately for them, their captain Peter Healy, he was carrying a lot of ball from the back as well. He had to go off injured. But the game plan or the, the, the tactics that Antrim were using were heavily reliant on that pace and using their legs to carry the ball. And I think, you know, even into the second half, uh, maybe that came against them. Mead were able to uh, get on top. Uh, they just had a little bit more physicality. They looked like a team, a few bigger men around the middle. I think in those 10 minutes after halftime, there was a triangle there in the middle of the field. Conor Gray, Jacqueline, Porrick um, you know, just really big physical men as Antrim the legs started to tire a little bit and they carried that ball into the middle channel the heart of that Mead defence uh, those three guys got some huge turnovers allowed me to counter attack and from one of those turnovers they fed a long ball into um, Jordan Morris inside you know he showed great composure to go around the keeper and that for what was probably the, the game defining goal the second goal for Mead but um, yeah it was uh, a game you thought our Mead test to go into the final um, the second game showed that yeah Mead were a lot, uh, a lot tested a lot more than uh, downward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even looking at the first half of the Mead and Antrim game, then Antrim went in a point up. At that point, we sort of turned to each other and said that Mead looked like they had the better chances. They just didn't really take them. But then they came out in that second half for the first period of that second half. You really saw what Mead were about. I thought. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you could probably tell it, uh, as you say, in the first half there, Mead were, had the better chances, but they were also getting their chances easier. It was a little less work for them to get into the scoring zones. And, you know, that told then in the second half, um, just, I guess, the volume of chances they were creating, they started to convert them then. And, you know, that allowed them to just to tag on a few points before they got the goal as well. Whereas every single score that Antrim got involved a lot of work, uh, a work to to get them into the scoring zone and then when Mead started to force some of those turnovers early in the second half from Antrim's running game Antrim then resorted to trying to kick the ball in and they forced some of those kicks and they forced some shots from areas that you know they, they wouldn't have been um, shooting from in the first half and you know that's when the turnovers start to happen when you're doing things that you don't necessarily uh, want to do or you're going a little off script but to be fair to Antrim they stuck right in it uh, 
um, you know, and, and they they had themselves in a position where the goal that they did get with eight minutes to go from Paddy McBride uh, got them right back into the game. You know, they, they kept they hadn't let it get away from being a five point game, and you know, at the five points, it felt like Mead were kind of ambling towards victory. But, you know, Antrim didn't let it get any further than that, to be fair to them. Got the goal and, you know, we, we had a great, really exciting last 10 minutes. Yeah, I think they came back from maybe eight points at one stage to bring it back to a one-point game. Show great character from Antrim to do that. From a Mead perspective, I think they'll go away and wondering what happened here. They just switched off for a period yeah and it probably even just the, the mead uh, maybe subconsciously mead switched off you know they started to make a few substitutions and um, maybe even some of those substitutions were some of the guys who have been uh, pretty decent performers for them on the day and maybe that sent the message to the team that you know we're in, we're in a talent cup final here we're going to maybe look after some of these lads um, and you know that, that can easily kind of creep into a team and they, that like switch off or even just that psychological switch off you could see that from the goal that Antrim got it was a ball that came back off the post the Antrim guys are alive to it the Mead defenders weren't so you know that, that's something Colin Rourke and his management team uh, will definitely be looking to improve on going, going into the next game because you know we've seen obviously in the second game uh, how down we're able to get goals so you know um, you can't afford you know to lose concentration for a minute uh, in a game like this especially in Crow Park you know even the weather conditions in that first game it was very warm uh, in for the earlier throw and you know the, the second game the, there was like a heavy downpour of rain it got a little bit cooler but you know maybe even that 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 sort of weather conditions can drain a team as well that aren't used to playing at that intensity for a full 70 minutes and just from an Antrim point of view then there was positives to take from it obviously their fight back but they do have pacey forwards that you know they were exciting to watch at times and it's not often you get to see Antrim here in Crow Park so they will take a lot from it I thought Dominic McEnanel as well he, he, he had a great performance today yeah he was very impressive and you know he got 11 points last again you know he was he was notching not up the freeze again today you know very very impressive but you know, I think Antrim's performance today kind of reflects Antrim's season there's so much they can take from it you know they they, uh, they didn't get uh, promotion from Division 3 but if you look back of their results uh, you know they were very close in all their games bar one major blip that they had um, I think they played down uh, a late goal defeated them in that one for Mana a late goal went against them as well so they're a team you know I think Andy McEntee can be proud of the effort that they put in today but proud of the season that that team have put in as well and um, they'll definitely be looking at, at taking a lot from today to look at Division 3 next year and even for Andy McEntee uh, you know talking to the lads in the dressing room after the game today it's going to be very easy um for him to get those guys bought into their off-season uh, training, and you know Antrim are you know a county that have definitely struggled with player turnover from season to season, even within seasons over the last few years. So what Andy McEntee, you know, crucial for him to do the talent is in Antrim. It's about getting the best players committed to the Antrim jersey and committed. You know, we've seen in in GA over the last number of years, you need a three, four-year like foundation of yeah. conditioning to be competitive. So Andy McEntee needs to keep that group together. But, you know, even when you look at their bench today, so many youthful faces on it, young guys coming in. So leaving today, leaving Crow Park, heading back up the road, you know, uh, I think there's going to be an atmosphere on that bus of, you know, let, let's get let's get started on our S&C work for next year. Yeah, and just mentioning Andy McEntee, obviously, 
you know, former Mead manager, a proud Mead man, I asked him after the game what it was like to face Mead and he said he could have did without it and that it helped that his son Shane wasn't playing today, he's out due to injury, so he said he doesn't have to face him really but yeah it's it's a hard thing to do I suppose when you've managed a team for six years you know given a lot to them to then face them but I suppose it, it is sport at the end of the day yeah I'm pretty sure when they were uh, three points down there at the end I seen Annie McNee telling the Antrim players to kick it over the bar and never mind if trying to score a goal <laughs> but um, yeah no, it was a difficult position for Annie McIntyre because you know while he was the Mead manager you could see just how passionate he was about Mead football you know so many instances over the years where on the sideline you could see that, that passion for Mead yeah. like bubbling out of him so uh, you know he, he is a Mead man uh, first and foremost gave everything he could to get Mead back competing with Dublin with varying degrees of success in different years but you know and you know the reason that Mead weren't competing with Dublin during them years was not Andy McEntee's fault it was something that maybe happened at underage level 15-20 years ago things that were maybe done right in Dublin not not so right in Mead so you know it wasn't Andy McEntee's fault that he wasn't able to get Mead back winning Leinster titles but yeah, hugely passionate Mead man. Difficult for him uh, today. Uh, obviously, son Shane not involved, but his nephew James was involved. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, I suppose, and that's what makes the the GA. It's about family, and you know, no doubt that uh, the McIntees will have had a great family day out too, uh, with the intrigue of having an involvement on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll look at the second game then, down and leash, very one-sided down, dominated from, from start to finish really. A little bit of a bright period at the end for Leach as well but in the end it was 8-16 to 2-12. That is some scoring in it's a game. crazy scoring, yeah. yeah. And you know, if somebody told you uh, coming into Crow Park today that you were, one team was going to score 8 goals you just wouldn't have believed them. You wouldn't have been able to pick the team that was going to score the 8 goals no. and you wouldn't have believed that it could happen. But you know, to be fair, I don't think Leash were terrible. I, I really think uh, it's a it's a reflection on just how good Down were. I was really, really impressed with them. You know, there was uh, we had some thunder and lightning in the first half today, but Down themselves were absolutely electric. They were just buzzing around the pitch. You could just see how well coached they are. You know, the management team they have. Um, well, there's the management team they have published in the programme and, and there's the management team that may have some unofficial additions as well, depending on who you believe. Who are you talking about, Neil? Well, there's... I, I couldn't say, but somebody Jim has... McGuinness. Somebody <laughs> has mentioned Jim McGuinness from time to time. May, yeah. may, pa- may pass through down at, at times that they're training, coincidentally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Conor Laverty and his background team have to get a lot of credit. Every time I've seen down play this year, they've improved. And, you know, even in the Ulster Championship, I know they were defeated against uh, Armagh but they've really kicked on since that um, they played Mead in a Talon Cup game what three weeks ago at this stage they were even impressive on that day but they kicked a lot of wides their finishing was off their finishing was definitely not off today um, you know they, they were just really really impressive and it was the energy they brought to it I think you know Leash a lot more physical as a team some some of their players were dwarfing the down guys but I think you know there was a few instances there in the first half when you've seen a leash player get a ball and he just he couldn't even attempt to play the ball because there was two or three down guys they were just hopping off him and it, it looked like under 14s hopping off a minor at times there were, they were that much of a size difference but there was just so many of them and the energy they were bringing to the tackle 
just Le- Leash couldn't cope with that and they were stripping him of a ball and then the pace they brought to the attack was just uh, yeah it was a joy to watch Liam Kerr um, I know he got the hat-trick everybody will call him out give him the plaudits for that but I just thought he was a focal point for their attack you know they, they were able to use him there at the edge of the D at the edge of the square to bounce balls off that allowed them to get the runners off him you know his handling was excellent gathered the ball first touch brilliant and you know he was able to pop it off to runners coming at the angles and I think Caleb Doherty as well you know he, he was just so so enjoyable to watch such a slight little figure wearing number six but you know he was he was nearly like a, a Xavi or an Iniesta for Barcelona <laughs> and, and that was the type of football that downplayed kind of a tick attack you know not to exaggerate like but it was yeah. it was that enjoyable and you know the movement was that good and uh, you could tell that uh, yeah it was just a great reflection how well coached there and down they're not a big team they're like okay they have Owen Murdoch and that in midfield you know yes he, he's a big lad in size but other than that they, they're quite a small team Pat Haven up front as well but that's really it but they, they really can hold their own uh, in the physical challenge yeah it's amazing like it's not that they're they're noticeably a small team like but you know um, they, they've built a game plan that they're able to work around that and it's just it's energy and it's angles of running and the pace that they're doing it at uh, you know it, it counteracts uh, anything they're lacking in heights uh, you know they're making up for that with, with uh, very intelligent movement and the pace that they're able to do that movement at. and you know I think What's also worth to mention from down today was the quality of their handling because, you know, conditions there in the first half today were terrible. Like, it was, there was thunder and lightning, there was a downpour of rain. Crow Park as well, you know, it's such a good pitch, it's, but it's so solid underfoot that when it rains like that, it can be very, very slippy on top, or if a ball hits the deck, it's gone. But down didn't allow balls to hit the deck. They gathered everything first time. The hand passes were where they needed to be. When they moved the ball through the foot, it was you know in favour of the down man. He was able to take it. Uh, you know maybe just one bounce. They, they just made everything. The guy on the ball made everything very easy for the guy receiving the ball. But I think it was that movement off the ball as well made it incredibly easy for the guys on the ball to make, to make good decisions and to look creative because they had so so many options. And one moment that I mentioned or that I noticed was when Leash got their first goal, just how Connor Laverty reacted to that. You know, uh, sorry, Dan went on and they, they went up the field and scored straight away. They responded straight away, and you could see what, what it meant to him that the team did that. And at that point, that's their eighth goal. You could easily say, does it really matter? But to him, it obviously really did matter, and maybe that says a lot about him as a manager. Says a lot about Connor Laverty as a manager, definitely. but. I think it says a lot as well about the standards that he's created within that yeah. group and you know the, even him, his body language on that I think even if, to the subs sitting behind him in the stand you know he's transmitting to them that that's not good enough you know they're probably the only ones that can see that at that time but when they go into training next Tuesday next Wednesday night that's the message that they have for the next three weeks that even when we're that far ahead those little slips in standard aren't good enough and you know I think that was very impressive from down today the guys that came in you could tell that the competition within that squad is very very strong and you know down have got a lot of praise for allowing guys to go and play club football over the last few mm-hmm. weeks 
and you could tell that you know that even letting those guys go away and play club football is driving that competition within the squad and um, you know I know back to my time playing the most disheartening time uh, for some guys on a squad was often the time when there was the most games you know during that period of the league where you're playing games week after week after week because the guys outside that first 18 to 19 felt that they didn't have opportunities to show that what what they could do so I guess with this condensed season the factors league games and down going on at the same time guys feel they can go away and I guess they have an opportunity to express themselves and the training that they've done they're not just professional trainers they're footballers it keeps their football sharp at another level they come back happier because they've had an opportunity to play games to reflect all the training they've done and that creates a great buzz within a squad like um, you know I think when the April club month came in and you might have been kind of doing a mini pre-season at inter-county level a few years ago it was probably the happiest time within a squad because everybody was training really hard during the week going back playing a club game at the weekend so everybody felt they were kind of in the one boat and I think that's what Conor Laverty's done over the last number of weeks through the Talton Cup got his his guys playing for down but also allowing the guys to go and play their club football as well and keep them happy yeah that's so important because it must be so disheartening to not be getting minutes when you're playing county football and you can't play for your club at the same time and maybe sometimes have you seen with players they maybe went backwards a little bit because they're not getting the football how do they improve if you're not getting game time oh undoubtedly yeah I've seen some brilliant brilliant footballers go back and actually struggle at club level because they literally have become professional trainers and it's it's great like you know a lot of uh, inter-county management now are introducing game scenarios and trying to play more football there but it's not the same as like playing a competitive match and you know like yeah if you spend six seven weeks just training not playing any competitive football while the other guys in in the panel are playing competitive games you go backwards relative to them but you also go backwards relative to the club players who are playing week on week on week and then you know and it's it's actually heartbreaking at times to see it affect the confidence of some of those guys as well because their confidence takes a hit they're involved in a county squad and not playing games then they go back and play for their club and they're not as dominant at club level as they were before the inter-county season or as dominant as they were in the previous season. So their confidence takes a double hit and then they come back into county training and they're playing maybe worse than they were a week or two before that at county training. So they have even less chance of getting selected then. So it really is a vicious circle. So, you know, that's that's something Conor Laverty has managed brilliantly. But it's a poor reflection probably on the GA that we think it's remarkable that he's allowing his players to play games. Yeah. That is true. I know he spoke about players that maybe aren't in the squad and he said, but look, go play with your club on, on Friday night and see how you go and then maybe you will be. You know, it's, there's a real chance there for them that it's not just, you're not in it, that's it. No, look, play with your club. If you have a good performance, you'll get in. And, you know, he merits that, that if you do well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like we've seen with the way it's gone the last maybe decade or so, county squads are 30 anywhere between 30 and 40 guys involved like and 
it's not just not practical to not have them playing games and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be notable that a manager is allowing his players to play games you know we see it in every other sports that, you know you see rugby players you know provinces releasing their players to play club games at the weekend you know what any manager wants is guys that are sharp fit and ready to go and and that's what down are achieving at the minute and we'll look at the final then just quickly how do you see it going down versus Meath I'm from Meath living down so this yeah. is a big one for me yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's it's your derby so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should be asking you that question how it's going to go um, yeah listen it, it's funny uh, there's been a great cadence to the Talton Cup for the last number of weeks you know at worst teams have had to wait two weeks now between the semi-final and the final we have a three week break uh, so it's it's probably just a little bit too long when the competitions has a little bit of momentum after the semi-finals today but I guess they are waiting around to play it as a curtain raiser to one of the All-Ireland semi-finals um, yeah how is it going to go the, the teams played already in the group stages of the Talton Cup me got the victory that day and you know even I remember remarking after that game that it was a very old style traditional mead performance for about a five minute period at the end of the game where they dug it out and just got over the line but also down would have taken so much from that game I, I, I forget their white count exactly but it was probably in the mid-teens you know yeah. they created so many opportunities that they didn't take and even in those last five minutes there was a few there was a miss free you know they really would have been kicking themselves so I think both teams will have learned a lot from the last time they played each other each other me will be very disappointed that they give them them scoring chances down will be very disappointed they didn't take them me today will be delighted with that first 15 minutes of their second half and probably questioning how they allowed Antrim back into that game and then down will be questioning what have we learned about ourselves today with such a comfortable victory so it's going to be interesting how, how Colin O'Rourke and Conor Laverty balance the positives with the negatives and you know you'd love to you'd love to see the video session that, that uh, the management teams are going to put on for those two teams during the week and how they try and frame the mindset of the players for the next three weeks mm-hmm. Are you going to give us the name of who you think will take it? Yeah, listen, down. <laughs> I was so impressed with him today. I, I really, really was. And, uh, you know, I just think even Conor Laverty, that Kilku experience, you know, getting over the line in Crow Park uh, yeah. in All Ireland finals. And I just think that maybe it mightn't be a replica of what we've seen today, but there's just a little bit of football intellect that he seems to have that that I think he can design a game plan to beat me uh, with the with the down team that he has at his disposal yeah I think Mead will have a big say as well it's going to be a good game a good Talton Cup final that's what everyone wants I think it's the two best teams are in the final yeah the two best teams are in the final and you know encouragingly for the Talton Cup I think uh, was what Westmead did over the last six weeks exactly. as well in the Sam Maguire mm-hmm. around Robin. You know, I did, to be honest, have my worries about uh, how it would reflect how on the Talton Cup Westmead's performances in Division 3 this year were a little mixed, but Westmead showed that, uh, you know, Talton Cup winners can be competitive yeah. uh, in Sam Maguire um, over the last six, six weeks. They're very unlucky they weren't playing a preliminary quarter final today, so, uh, you know, that's a great validation for the Talton Cup. And I think for down, and it's something I thought it could maybe just be the motivation that could get them over the line in the next three weeks, is that 
we've seen Cavan get promoted from Division 3 and Cavan and Fermanagh get promoted from Division 3 this year and the way the draws worked out that wasn't enough to get them into the Sam Maguire competition so Down will know while it'll be targeting promotion next year it won't guarantee them a Sam Maguire place while winning the Talent Cup final in three weeks guarantees them that Sam Maguire yeah, place yeah and Mickey Donnelly who's obviously on the management team for Down that's what he mentioned in the press conference we're one game away from being in the Sam Maguire so Maybe that's the way teams are looking at it. It, it. it is a massive prize. They want to be up in the in the best competition. Yeah, that's it. It's one game now for down to get into Sam Maguire twenty twenty four, and they could easily win seven games in next year's national league, go up as uh, division three champions, mm-hmm. and if a certain number of division three or division four teams get to provincial finals, they could lose out on playing Sam Maguire football next year. So they'll want to make sure they not they don't end up in the position that Calvin and Fermanagh ended mm-hmm. up in this year. And it's one game away from me as well. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Thanks you would for say your that. <laughs> <laughs> Had to throw it in.